You are listening to the Baseball in the Burrows podcast, where myself, Tyler Smith, and Noah Broderick talk about baseball with a pretty bad microphone. Time to listen to a 20-second GarageBand clip to make the transition into the episode a little less awkward. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 18 of the Baseball in the Burrows podcast. Haven't really talked baseball in a while because aside from the fact that the owners and the players couldn't agree to terms on a season, we finally got the news a couple days ago that a 60-game season will be played starting, I believe, July 23rd is the first game. We'll talk about that later. But regardless, we're just happy we finally have a baseball season to talk about. You know, me and Noah, we almost got a little unlucky with the idea that we started a baseball podcast, really excited about the season, a lot of new players going to new teams. And just like that, the pandemic comes and we thought we weren't going to play for a while with the combination of the virus and, you know, the owners and the players, like I said before, not being able to agree on anything, but we're getting a season at 60 games. We have the details up here. We're going to talk about that and some other stuff. But before we start all the actual baseball talk, turn it over to Noah, who you guys haven't heard from in person in a while. We've been doing this remote podcast stuff for a while, but finally back together. The quality might be a little better unless this pipe keeps running up in the ceiling, but uh, for now, we're just going to talk baseball. We'll see how it goes. So, Noah, how you doing? I'm good, man. Finally good to be back here in, uh, in the Smith household here in this uh, this office we got going on. We haven't really done a show in person, I think, since the since the Robert Pimpster episode. So, uh, it's, it's been a long time coming. That was back in February, and now we're sitting here in June. And like you said, man, we just got unlucky. Just bad timing with everything. Obviously, me being senior year, you being your freshman year of college, just kind of having those things interrupted, and also starting a podcast this year. Um, and we still, we've done, this is our 18th episode, believe it or not, even though we took a really a long layoff without sports and we haven't had one baseball game to cover or react to because we started back in the late, uh, November and now we're finally just getting going again, but I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to have a baseball game kind of on schedule. Uh, July 23rd just came out today. Yankees nationals will be in prime time. Uh, and that'll be the first game for major league baseball this season. It's going to be really weird, obviously a different capacity, with no fans being in attendance, most likely. I mean, maybe we could have 25% capacity in some stadiums. I know Jim Crane's lobbying for that in Houston and some of the other southern states will, but there's, those are also spots where it's getting hit really hard. So um, obviously no guarantees there. But anything, any kind of sports or competition that we can get, something that we can talk about or bet on or just enjoy, just seeing some of these players go out and do what they do best, um, it's, it's going to be a great feeling. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, so while we're talking about this baseball season, we might as well give you guys some details so to start off, first game of the 2020 MLB season, if I'm not mistaken, you told me earlier, was Yankees-Nationals. Is that at Yankee Stadium? No, it's going to be in National at Nationals Park. Makes sense. They won the World Series. But I was saying to know before, the second-best pitcher in baseball is facing the third-best pitcher in baseball. Obviously, Max Scherzer is the second-best pitcher. Hey. And the third-best pitcher is Masahiro Tanaka. So <laughs> <laughs> not uh, But uh, regardless, I think Scherzer-Cole is a great first matchup. The only better matchup you could have would be DeGrom. Cole, in my opinion, but they're not going to play Mets Yankees first game of the season. The Nationals deserve it. They were uh, World Series champions last year, which I still really can't get over. But um, I was saying to Noah before, it's going to be good for baseball to capitalize on being the only American sport back for a couple days for the NBA and the NHL start to get back into it. And then I'm sure the NBA will get plenty of attention. But then the rest of the season starts July 24th with games played in teams' home ballparks. We have some scheduling, rule change, uh, other sort of rules up right now. So basically the way the schedule is going to work is 
you have, I believe it's what, 40 games against your teams in your division. So Mets, Phillies, Mets, Braves, or, you know, Yankees, Rays, whatever. And then the remaining 20 games, each team will play four games against each team in the opposite course, in the corresponding division. So Mets will have four games against the Yankees, four games against the Red Sox, four games against the Rays, so on and so forth. You know, each team has the same setup. And it makes sense. That's a way for teams to kind of reduce the amount of traveling they're doing. You know, obviously we're still living in the middle of this pandemic. You're not going to have the Mets go play a weekend series out in San Diego and then fly back over to play at City Field against a team from another side of the country. Hold so on. if Bartolo Colon had a home run again in San Diego, would you would you risk the virus to watch we need, that again? We need no, we need a we need a specific episode to talk about Bartolo Colon because I think he's not himself, but I think the media hype around Bartolo Colon is so annoying. I like people go, oh, big sexy, big sexy, you know, best pitcher ever. It's like I don't I don't think it's that funny. But uh <laughs> it's, this should be a happy episode. I don't want to rage too much. So we'll say that for another time. But um Scheduling. Scheduling. That's what we were talking about. But yeah, I think it's a very good idea just to have, you know, it says here East versus East. So, you know, the interleague games are going to be NL East versus AL East, NL Central, AL Central, NL West, and uh, AL West, so on and so forth. Um, there's no scheduled double headers. That makes sense. Uh, for rule changes, we have a universal DH, which will be now in the National League and the American League. Finally. I, I was gonna. I wanted to watch a couple of Jacob Degrom home runs this year, and I know if Noah Syndergaard wasn't hurt, he would have maybe put one out this year. In a sixty-game season, maybe that's different. You don't want to watch Marcus Stroman hit. Height don't measure heart, baby. Never count out Marcus Stroman. But um, there's also I'm trying to look of other important rules here. Nothing too much. The three batter rule, which is implemented, was supposed to be implemented at the start of 2020, will be in effect. It is staying. There is still a three batter minimum, which kind of threw me off when I played MLB the show. I remember I'd bring in a lefty, like an Amir Garrett, 85 overall free card. And, you know, he was getting hit, and I had to pitch another two batters. And yeah, I think that's kind of stupid. Frank Thomas on deck. Yeah. No problem. You have a, a guy who has 120 power against lefties, but regardless, we won't talk, talk too about, much about I haven't that. played a game of MLB The Show over quarantine. I, mean, I played – like the first week. Last game I played was, like, probably first few days of April. Like, probably, like, April 4th, April 5th. And then yesterday, one of my friends texted me he wanted to play a game. And I won like one nothing, but I that game it's like boring. It was fun for like two or three weeks, and I just I couldn't play it anymore. I grinded too much show. Now I was getting my ass kicked too much. It's just boring, man. I don't know. I'll be the show. Do not sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, this is a uh, honest review. No sponsors. Uh, Ramon Russell didn't send us any money over here to talk well about his game. I think the game's really good. I just think that I can't really play sports games that far anymore because it gets too grindy. Regardless, let's stay on track. You know, we, we're normally. Always bouncing around. Hey, NASCAR is a fun game. Stop, don't don't talk it's about NASCAR. I'm not, I'm not driving for three hours. <laughs> anyway, uh, rosters, the first two weeks, there will be 30 players in the active roster, 28 for the two weeks after that, and the rest of the season there will be 26 players on the roster. Um, there were some other things we'll talk about later with spring training. There's, I believe at spring training, it's like a 40-man camp, and throughout the season there's like a taxi – they call it like a taxi squad, or there's a yeah. small group of players that can – they're kind of like a traveling set of players where if somebody gets hurt or, you know, somebody tests positive for the virus, hopefully that doesn't happen. These taxi players can fill in. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, there's just going to be too much exposure. You have to be prepared for that. And another important thing about rosters and transactions we'll cover real quick. The trade deadline will be August 31st and the new active roster deadline for postseason eligibility is September 15th. So as opposed to that July 31st, August 1st trade deadline, we now have it August 31st. Um, Getting into some stuff that I guess logistically makes sense, but Noah and I were saying off air before we started recording, I don't know how they're going to enforce this stuff. 
Hitters will now have to bring their own pine tar rags, bat donuts, and other equipment with them to and from the on-deck circle. No more bat boys, bat girls. That makes sense. Pitchers have to bring their own rosin bag to the mound and use personal baseballs for bullpen sessions. There was something about equipment on the field where baseballs used in batting practice, they can only be used for that day. And after they need to be clean and sanitized and they can't be used for five days. Um, another thing, this is a big thing with a lot of high school and travel baseball programs, the idea of picking your teammate up. So let's say your teammate has an at bat, you know, he hits a double, he gets, and then the inning ends. Normally a guy from the dugout will bring his glove and his hat out to him on second base. And then he'll, he won't have to go back in the dugout, but to avoid contact now, players have to go back to the dugout to retrieve their belongings you know, to grab their hat, their shades, their glove, etc. Also, there is no sunflower seed chewing. There is no smokeless tobacco, but gum chewing is allowed. Spitting in all forms is prohibited. How the, I don't know how many how are forms they gonna spitting enforce there are. That? Are they going to have cameras on each, all the nine players, and yeah. just be like, oh, you saw him spit a loogie. we got to get him out of here. I don't know. Ten-game suspension. And baseball is such a relaxed game. Obviously, you're outside where it's like you have players sitting down all the time. That's just such a common thing to do. I know when I'm at the ball field or when I'm playing soccer, you know, I'll just spit or whatever. But all of this stuff makes sense, you know, trying to avoid as much physical contact, you know, the spreading of germs and whatnot totally makes sense. I just don't know how they're going to enforce it. Um, you know, showering at the ballpark is discouraged, but not prohibited, apparently. Uh, whatever we hear about that, that'll happen. Pitchers can't lick their fingers anymore, but they will be permitted to carry a wet rag in their pocket to moisten their fingers before pitches. Uh, I know the Astros are going to do some shady stuff with that because they've always done shady things. If you guys hear any type of banging or my dog barking, we're probably just going to make a really corny joke about how that's the Astros trying to cheat. I think those jokes were funny the first time we did them, yeah, but it's probably starting funny. to get old now. But um, some other stuff here, we're not going to go into too much detail. COVID-19 testing. I got to imagine that they're going to test players all the time. It says right here, anyone with a temperature above 100.4 degrees can't enter a ballpark. Um, there's just basic stuff about if you develop COVID symptoms, you know, you'll have to isolate for X amount of time. Um, aside from that, though, that's pretty much the basic rule change slash roster transaction change we've seen so far. I got to imagine we'll see this play out in a more serious way as the season starts, and we'll see what happens with players who test positive. Again, knock on wood, we hope nobody tests positive and everyone's healthy, but it almost seems inevitable. Um, no, do you want to talk anything spring training related? I mean, it's pretty basic stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, we don't really have to get into it too much. We just know that it's going to be at the team's home ballpark. So the Mets will be at City Field, the Yankees will be at Yankee Stadium, and so on and so forth. Um, can't imagine there's going to be any games other than like inner squad stuff, scrimmages. I know there's nothing on tap to be televised. Um, they're trying to limit people and announcers being in ballparks anyway. Um, I think most of them are actually doing it remotely. Uh, so there's not going to be too much coverage of spring training. I think we're all fine with that. You know, Knowing that baseball is going to be back in about three weeks and we're going to have that on TV again, I don't think any of us are itching to watch guys hitting the cages. I think it's just going to be more to get make sure guys are in shape and you know get treatment if they need any treatment. You know, Stanton's probably going to need some kind of treatment uh, or judge or those guys who are always hurt. Uh, so it's really just for that and um, – just, just getting right, man. And it's, um, it's. I think it's just going to be crazy because I think we're going to have like, I mean, you saw sixteen NBA players test positive when they Already. went to their first round of testing. Yeah. And for baseball, I think you're going to have at least twenty guys. You think, right? With these big rosters, plus the rosters, they said it's it starts with like a thirty man roster, and then twenty eight and twenty six. But yeah, you got to think about that's thirty players, 
30 teams. I'm not good at math, but that's somewhere like 12,000. No, <laughs> but it's a ton of players in the MLB. It's what, 900 players in the MLB that would be, I guess? Yeah. Uh, Penn State uh, education, let's see. I, I wasn't even listening to be honest. Uh, it's 30 teams, 30 players, 30 teams. It'd be 900 players, I assume. Um, but yeah, the only good thing about starting the season this late is, you know, certain players, like, I don't know, maybe Yoannis Cespedes are supposed to be healthy for the season and now at the DH. Who? You heard me, Yoannis Cespedes that? hasn't played a single game since 1992. <laughs> uh, last time he played was what? 2018, he played one game, last two time he played games George, in that Yankee George series. Bush was president, not Trump. <laughs> Didn't he play in that Yankee series? Actually, uh, I think, I don't think Trump was president the last time he played. He played. He, he played a He's game played in uh, twenty eighteen. I thought. Okay. Remember, he played that. Ser- he played two games in twenty eighteen. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. He had a home run. It was against the Yankees, the Yankees and, then and, got... and then he said he got heel surgery. Yeah. Uh, he got surgery on both of his heels. Buffalo. Or yeah. Something. It, was, it was a wild board. He, he <laughs> fell in a hole in his uh, Florida ranch. But a guy like Yoannis Cespedes is allegedly healthy. You know, whatever that the guy's thirty four years old, hasn't played baseball actively and consistently in probably two or three years. But some of these guys, even Judge, was had a had an injury that was potentially going to keep him on the sideline at the beginning of the year. A guy like that has had more time to rehab. So. Aaron Hicks, too. Another one. Aaron Tommy Hicks. John surgery. Yeah. He wasn't supposed to be ready until July. Now he's Yankees have ready. way too many hamstring, oblique, shoulder, like all those injuries. I mean, judge, stand. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> trust me. I, we've had Mets seasons where it's been like that, but I don't want to get too heavy on Mets-Yankees. This is, despite the Burroughs part of the Baseball and the Burroughs podcast, we like to try to keep the – talk as much around the MLB. Yeah, we've got, we've got so many Rays fans listening to this. <laughs> yeah, so many Rays fans, so many Arizona Diamondbacks fans. Yeah. But, let's, uh, let's break down the uh, the Bull, Durham Bulls. Yeah, <laughs> some, get some uh, minor league talk. But I did this on the uh, Basement Combos podcast with Steve and David a while ago before the shutdown and everything. I think it was sometime in February. He uh, David asked me just storylines going into the MLB. And I think we should cover that real quickly just because I think a lot of whether you're casual baseball fans or some of you more hardcore baseball fans to listen, it might be hard to forget some things that have happened in the offseason that we forget about. So just some things off the top of my head. I'll let Noah go back and forth. You know, we've beaten the Astros. Uh, we've beaten that horse to death, whatever that saying is. Beating the – what is it? Beating we the beat dead horse, horse or something like that. Yeah. Horse. So we're not going to talk Astros, but obviously the Astros cheated. This is their first season back. Of course there's no fans. But... Oh, wait. Can we talk about that bet I sent you? There was like uh there was something I saw in Barstool Sports today where it was um first Astro to get hit and it was like place your bets. So hold up, we got Bregman plus three fifty. Those are the most likely odds. Then you got Correa and Altuve plus four hundred. Can you imagine a guy in one of those taxi squads like yeah, let's let's say the uh, let's say like the Angels are going to play the Astros. Someone on the Angels purposely gets hurt so one of these taxi drivers can pull up to the game. Beam Alex Bregman, and then they just get suspended from the league. I think that's going to happen because I mean, there's no fans. The Astros are going to have to get their uh, someone's going to have to get revenge on the Astros. I could imagine one of these dudes from the taxi squad just coming up and beaming Alex Bregman, and then getting kicked out of the league. And they said the uh, and they're going to really restrict the amount of fighting that can happen. They said no fighting, and if you get into any fights or type of brawls in baseball this season, there would be severe punishment. So. The Astros are really getting let off the hook, but I'm telling you, one of these taxi drivers is still going to find the Yankees, his way there. The Yankees need to do that if they play the Astros in the playoffs. They need to just start a fight, but then just let the Astros get in trouble for That's it. That's true. I, like, let the Astros throw the first punch. Yankees then, start a fight. All the Yankees just put the their hands up. Yeah. Yeah. That's how the Yankees are going to win this year. Make the Astros look like the bad guys. But that'll be fun. Maybe the Yankees will actually get to a World Series this decade. I'm like the Mets who did it in 2015, you know? I was trying to bust Noah's balls about that earlier because if you think about it, despite the amount of wins and division titles and wild card wins the Yankees had in the 10s, the Mets had more World Series appearances. And as far as I'm concerned, that's all that matters. But uh, keep going. Keep reading about the Astros odds. Oh, man. Um, Springer plus 450. Gurriel plus 700. Uh, Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, and Josh Reddick also were 
Yeah. So basically, all the Astros best hitters. Yeah, I, I'll take. Uh, I hope it's. I don't hope it's anybody. But I, I I just think. I think Correa would be enjoyable. Correa and Bregman are the guys who've kind of talked about it the most, and obviously Altuve. But it's hard to hit a guy who's five foot three. You know, you're probably gonna throw it over his head at some point. I thought Springer just because he's typically their leadoff hitter, so and I feel like he's a guy I don't want to get. I don't want to. I like Springer, but I, like I feel him. like somebody's gonna set the tone early. But I think. Person who should get hit, if anyone deserves, would be Bregman, Correa, Altuve. But just Correa because talks so much noise. just because Springer is their leadoff hitter, I could see that. But obviously, that's one of the main storylines. Another one we have, I think Bryce Harper, his second year in Philadelphia, is a big storyline because you know he's kind of. We've had this conversation where people overrate him, which kind of makes him underrated. The guy's still very productive. He went from playing with the Nationals for eight or nine years. He moved to a team in the division. He had to adjust to. Playing in front of a pretty diehard fan base, you know, Philly fans are pretty hard versus Nationals fans who probably probably half the people who go there are tourists and they're falling asleep when Scherzer's throwing a no hitter. Shout out Goldman. <laughs> but I think an underrated part of this season is going to be Bryce Harper's second year in Philadelphia. Granted, there's not going to be fans. He's not going to be in the spotlight like he would be if you know Citizens Bank Park was sold out with 30,000 fans every night. But I think Bryce Harper fully adjusted to Philadelphia. That's something to watch. You have anything particular you're looking out for this season? You know, we have the Angels, new uh, signings. Them, yeah. I, I was going to say the Angels. Sure. We're going to get into teams that we kind of like and that we think are built for uh, the 60-game season and then also teams that we think are not uh, built for it. And the Angels are just one of those teams I think could really thrive in this because I feel like they're always a team that starts out well. They kind of will go like 25 and 17 to the first 42. And everybody's like, oh, the Angels, that might be the year the track gets to the playoffs. And then their pitching ends up. Showing its true colors over the course of the season. Side console some, Robles, but keep going. Yeah, and they'll have some injuries and they'll just uh, struggle. And I think in a 60 game season, they could get away with that. They don't need to have a huge staff. I mean, it's going to help to have like a couple guys that you can really rely on. But if you can mash your way to wins and just beat up on bad teams, I mean, they're going to play the Mariners 10 times. They're going to play Texas 10 times. I mean, Texas isn't necessarily a bad team, but the Angels should be able to beat those teams. They go 15 and 5 against those teams, 15 wins right off the bat. And then they're playing the NL West, and they've got, you know, some Colorados should be a good amount of wins. And San Diego is, you know, okay. But, they you know, the Angels should be able to take care of them in some series too. And I think there's one more team I'm forgetting out there. Um, oh, yeah, San Francisco. San Francisco's not going to be a good team. So, right. I mean, you're kind of looking at at least – Wait, you, you don't know, think they're trading for Evan Longoria uh, two years ago? And no. it was Andrew McCutcheon was the other guy they no, had? You didn't, think that was a, uh, you didn't think that was a uh, franchise change? I, t- I told you at the time, like, this team is setting that was back stu- that, that was a classic Mets thing to do. Like, <laughs> like, like sign Michael Kadire and play that guy in the playoffs. It was like the Giants, like, keep bringing back Eli. Yeah. It's like the Giants – like, both of those teams really like to live on the past and then it sets your franchise back so many years. So, and they're going to be in a rebuild for another at least two to three years. Yeah. And one um, thing on the Giants I want to get into, actually, though, Joey Bart. You know him? He's like the top prospect for the Giants. He's a catcher. He's got a huge, huge stick. I would bring him up this year and put him on that 30-man roster, whatever it is. With the universal DH, he could catch Posey could DH. That's been the issue with him. Is like He's almost ready, but Buster Posey's been there, and you know how that is. Uh, you know, having He's going to play until he's 40 because he's yeah, Mr. Like, Giant. Yeah, he's going like, to play like, first base or DH, whatever. Yeah, so if you could bring up Joey Bart and let him learn under Posey for a full season and have him just kind of – get experience that way and just hit is I think it's going to be a really good thing for the Giants that could actually accelerate their process which is something that those guys really haven't been doing I mean with Farhan Zaidi there I think it's going to be a faster process than it would have been under the old regime uh, they're, they're a team that's interesting to watch finally for a little bit because I think they just have a lot of moving parts but. now how do you think other teams are going to handle their prospects so like one of our friends uh earlier texted us I think it was a couple of days ago about a guy like Joe Adele in Los Angeles with the Angels 
what's going to happen with a guy like him, like a guy who's probably going to come up at some point in the summer? What do you think teams are going to do with their prospects that we're probably going to spend at least the first two or three months in AAA or AA, and then we're going to get called up? Do you think we're going to see more teams keep their guys down, or do you think we're going to see these teams kind of bring these guys up and just say, 60-game season, do whatever the hell you want, let's see what you can do? Well, it's all prorated, so I think that means that the service time is even less days now mm-hmm. than it would have been before. I think it could. All, I think it's only like a week or two. Yeah. So I think these teams are just going to bring them up. I mean, you might as well just put all of your best talent in your organization out there. Because the worst thing that happens is that they just travel with the team and they learn what it's like to be on a big league team. And this is a time of adversity, and this is a time yeah. where they can learn like a lot of stuff about being a major leaguer. And um, they don't even necessarily have to be out on the field. So I think this. I saw the Rays are going to have Wander Franco as the best prospect in the minor leagues right now. They're going to have that, uh, him on their roster, even if he's not going to play that much. Just because there's nowhere else for him to go, really. Might as well just have him on the team. So I think Joe Adele will definitely be with the Angels. And he's good enough where he's going to play this year. And um, I think he was in AAA last year, so it wasn't far off yeah. anyway. And a, uh, another thing I wanted to bring up real quick. I actually, like I said before, we're talking about these kind of big storylines going into the season. Because no one's been consistently thinking about baseball and the players and the teams since, you know, spring training shut down in early March. Because it's all been focused on, are they going to play this season is the season going to completely collapse? And one thing I haven't thought about until literally like probably 20, 30 minutes ago was without Noah Syndergaard this year for the Mets, I don't want to keep talking about the Mets all the time because I'm a big fan, but that rotation, you know, we kind of got these Porcellos, these Wacas just to fill in, but we already have a guy down. Do you think teams like the Mets and, you know, any other team was a similar situation? Yeah, do you think because we're playing 60 games, they'll go to more of a four-man rotation? or think they'll keep the standard five-man rotation? Because a guy like with the Mets right now, the plan was going to be um, – DeGrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, Mats, and then most likely Porcello, and then Waka in the bullpen, or Waka and Mats in the bullpen, whatever. But do you think a team like the Mets are going to go five deep? Do you think they'll stay four deep and get their best guys pitching? How do you think that's going to play out with 60 games? I think they're going to start five deep. And I think if the Mets are in a situation where – because all these games mean almost three times more as they used to. So if the Mets are at game 47 – um, you know, if they're 46 games, say they're 23 and 23, and they are one game out of a postseason spot. I mean, actually, if you finish 500, you're probably going to make the postseason. But say say that just for example purposes. I think they're going to go to their best guys, right? Because those games mean so much, those last 14 games, that you're going to want your best guys pitching, and you're not going to want uh, Michael Waka if he's not having a good season to go throw that game, or Chris, Chris Flexen if he's still right. on the roster, those types of guys. I think you're going to want I think, Jake... he's in, I think he's in Korea now, but keep going. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, he's in the, uh, he's playing Korean baseball. Walter Lockett. Is that Walker his, Lockett. Is that his name? Get, get the name right before you make fun of him. Walker right. Lockett. Remember Walker the name. Walker Lockett. Okay. Yeah. But, um, it's like that song, Remember the Name, where it's like yeah. that really like hype music for yeah. athletes. Imagine a Walker Lockett. A Walker Lockett. Hype hype hype. That song. Walker Lockett 2020 is my It's season. like striking out one batter yeah. and the video ends. It's like 10 seconds. Yeah, but the thing with the like the 60-game season, like you said, three t- the games are almost three times as meaningful as they were before. I hope, you know, this is also with the new manager. This isn't Mickey Calloway. I hope we don't get those Sunday throwaway lineups where it's like Luis Guillorme hitting first, Todd Frazier hitting third. Nah, you know, you're benching all your best players. There's no those chance. Unless you're like 47 and 9. And Plus, it's, left. it's a 60 game stretch is not that big in baseball. You look at a team like the Mets, any team that gets hot, like the Nationals, they started 19 and 31. Those teams who really have those hot summers, those are two month stretches. And that's when they're playing their best guys every game. They're pitching the Groms, they're pitching your Garrett Coles, your Justin Fred. Like those guys are going seven, eight innings every night. So, I think as long as these players get the reps in the spring training, they're going to pretty much push them to the max because it's only 60 games. Like you said, every game counts. A team who's 23 and 23 is going to push those final 14 games into the season. So, yeah, those are just some of the storylines we wanted to cover being, you know, 
whether it's team roster aspects or it's just something we might have forgotten about with injuries, how the season's going to play out. But later in the episode, we have some questions to answer. We're going to talk a little bit of MLB power ranking stuff. And this podcast is everything's on the table at some point. We're probably going to bounce around. But let's get into our next thing. We're going to talk a little MLB power rankings, the best teams we think going into the season. Jumping into the power rankings, we're going to start from number 10, work our way down to number one. These are what Noah and I think are the best teams heading into this shortened 2020 MLB season. So number 10, this might be a little dumb of us. We have like four or five teams here because we could we agree on a 10. There, there's really no definitive. There's really no definitive. These are all the same team in just different forms. After the first three or four spots, in our opinion, but number 10, we have St. Louis Cardinals, the Cleveland Indians, the Chicago Cubs, the Los Angeles Angels, and the Philadelphia Phillies. That's a group of five teams and. It's really weird. If this was a 162-game season, we could probably shorten this to maybe two or three of these teams. But all hands are on deck. 60-game season. Teams are going to be going their hardest. So these are some of our teams. Looking at this list, I think the teams that jump out to me the most, I'm not huge on the Phillies. I just think that they have a pretty solid all-around team compared to some of these other guys. I know Noah's not very high on the Cardinals at all. Obviously, they succeeded pretty well. Last year in the postseason, they lost to the Nationals in the NLCS. But then you have teams like the Indians, Cubs, Angels. I think it's fair to group them all together. If I had to pick one or two of these teams from this list, I would probably say the Phillies and most likely the Indians and maybe the Angels. I think Noah nailed it when he said it earlier. A team like the Angels, they could just mash their way through 60 games and find themselves in the playoffs. Pitching's not great. Bullpen's not great. But, you know, you have Rendon, you have Trout, you have a guy like Joe Adele. Um, these are teams that can actually do some damage. So I think this group is okay. I'd say number 10 for me would probably be the Phillies or the Angels and maybe throw an Indians. What would you say if you had to pick one? I'd probably take the Cubs. I know you don't like the Cubs. I hate the Cubs. I just I think they have five viable starters, which is pretty good to have. That's kind of the opposite of what we're saying about the Angels. Yeah, yeah. It's like either you way you have, I think you want to have one of those two things. You either want to be able to mash or you want to have consistency. You can't really be like anywhere else. And the Cubs have enough – well, they're not really a consistent team. That's why I struggle with them. Like, I can't see the Cubs winning a championship. And I know we talked about the validity of validity of seasons too, and we should probably do that a little bit here coming up. But the Cubs are just kind of like the same team in sixty games. I think they'd be in one sixty-two. They're just there. They're just kind of there. Yeah, yeah, like they're like they're gonna win in sixty games. Like if I had to put a number on them, thirty-five and twenty-five at best, and at worst they'd be five hundred. They they somewhere. they just like. In a 162-game season, the Cubs scream like 82 to 85 wins to me. And, like, I don't think any more any less. Even at one of their best seasons, I don't think there's any way they're touching 90 wins, as this team right now at least. David Ross is their manager, I believe. You know, it's been so yeah, long. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't That's know. Weird. Like we said, it's a 60-game season. It's hard to pick, you know. A team like the Cubs can kind of just sit there. But this can also be a team with a new manager, you know, a more player-friendly guy. Uh, a guy who won a World Series with the Cubs in 2016, whatever it was, I think. Yeah. Um perhaps these guys can respond to him really well and they'll come out the gates swinging really well, pitching, whatever. Um, not too much of a debate there. It's kind of tough. I just don't like St. Louis. Yeah. You look at the division. I just don't like them because they don't really hit. They've got like two or three good hitters. And I like the Reds a lot. I know I was yeah, jumping on that train a while them, in the season, but I don't know if it's fair in a 60 game season. I was saying to Noah, they could be a team that kind of starts slowly. They're figuring themselves out a lot of new pieces. I think the Reds could be in that conversation, but in a 60-game season, these are probably the best things. But as you were saying about St. Louis before. I just think that they're not that good. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Just plain and simple. I just I don't know how they got to the NLCS last year, and I 
wasn't surprised at all when they got completely throttled by the Nationals because mm-hmm. the Nationals weren't even a, like an amazing team going into it. They were a wild card team. But those Cardinals are just like the most boring team to watch. Like Flaherty's really good, but their second best starter is like Dakota Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he pitched or Miles Michaelis. Like those are just like they're okay. And their bullpen's okay. They've got a couple dudes. Like Giovanni Gallegos is pretty good. But Andrew Miller's shot. And Hor- um, Jordan, what's the name? Jordan Hicks. He had Tommy yep. John surgery. Yep. And they've got a couple hitters, but they just don't have a lot to me. I, I don't I don't even see them really as a playoff team unless we do have the sixteen teams. Um, enough about those 10 teams. Those teams aren't winning a World Series, so let's just move on from them. Yeah, so a lot of these teams here, as we start to go down the list, even at the nine spot, these are teams that we have a question about this later. They can be one of those teams that kind of sneaks in there, gets a playoff, like a, goes on a big playoff run and can honestly steal a title. As we move down towards the list, obviously there's a better chance these teams will make more noise. But at number nine, this is a team we were flip-flopping with number eight. We have the Oakland Athletics. That's a team that I respect them because they're a – Pretty low-budget team. You know, they have a lot of homegrown guys, some pretty young players. You know, your Matt Chapmans, your Matt Olsons. I know no one knows more about this team than I do. The Yankees have played them in the postseason recently. They're a team out in the AL. So I'll let them talk more about them. They have a pretty solid team. I'm not too familiar with their pitching staff and their bullpen, but obviously they have some weapons, some great defenders on their team. Um, they're a pretty solid squad. I saw on one power ranking list I tried to find so we can pick that apart. They were number three on somebody's power rankings, which I think yeah, is just way high. too high. It's they're they're a team during the season at best because the Astros are in that division. Now the Angels, they're winning a lot. They're making a wild card appearance. Whether they win the wild card is a different story. But they never to win me, it. Yeah, they never. They always run into the Yankees. Or they never win the big Last game. Last year it was the Rays. Uh, at best, the A's are a team that's like a wild card team. You know, maybe your low nineties wins when you're out in the AL West. Like I said, got some other good teams there. But I think this is a very solid squad. No, you want to talk more about their players and your expectations for them because you know more about this than yeah, I do. Yeah, we don't have to get into them too much, but I like what they have there uh, over 162 i actually probably would have picked them to win that division or if not be the first wild card because uh, i like their pitching they have lazardo the young kid remember the lefty yeah. came up at the end of the year last year he throws really really well um they've got a lot of young arms and then guys like mike fires and chris bassett and some of these veterans and liam, liam hendrix so yeah, right? yeah. Bullpen. yeah so they've got pieces uh to be able to have a solid pitching staff joaquin soria use Mero petite those guys too in the back end of the bullpen um, but their offense is really, really good. I think it, for now at least, with Matt Chapman is a top 10 player. Uh, maybe not a top 10 hitter, but he's a top 10 player. Matt Olson is probably the best hitter in that lineup, and he's terrific. Marcus Simeon was third in MVP voting. Matt Olson's um, face uh, of the franchise card in MLB, by the yeah. way, just absolutely disgusting. The amount of homers I've hit off Gibby, so many. Keep going. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, he's, he's really good. I, besides that, I mean, they've got Chris Davis was 45 home run guy two years ago, uh, down near last year, but he could bounce back. Ramon Laureano is a nice player in center. Uh, he's actually not as good of a defender as sports center will make him out to be, but <laughs> he's, he's always, I feel like he's always on a top 10 high. Yeah. Like but. he's like, his metrics are like kind of average, but he is a fun player to watch and he's a good hitter. Uh, Piscotti's there too. They've just got enough dudes. Bob Melvin's a good manager. That's an advantage. This season's going to be a lot about mental toughness. Uh, it's a very different situation with unique circumstances. And uh, Bob Melvin's been around everything. He's been around the game for a long time. He knows those players. He knows the organization and ownership. A lot of trust there, and he's going to stay level-headed, and I think um, that's a really good advantage to have. Now, one thing I'd say about Oakland that kind of does worry me if you're an Ace fan, and not that we have any Ace fans listening to this, really, unless Dallas or people that, on Or people here. outside of New Jersey and New York. But we'll Who are Ace fans? Yeah, yeah. That, we'd have to probably go through every borough. Yeah. Um, but – 
what was that? Oh, yeah. The A's. Okay, so the last few years, Oakland's been starting like 27 and 33. There's 62 games. I think that's like their average start. Yeah. And they kind of turn it up once the summer, once like the weather gets warmer and they're out there playing in that California sun, that team will really start to hit. There's none of that this year. It's just like coming straight from the get-go. They usually take a little bit of a while to gel. Right. Uh, kind of like what you were worried about in some other teams, but not with the Angels. And that's I think what, that's that, why I said or I'm like taking BP. I'm always, I always start 0 for 6, 0 for 7 in my season yeah. before I start to rake, but keep going. Uh, and that's with the Astros and the Angels in that division, it might be tough for them, uh, especially if they ha- get off to a slow start since these games do mean three times more almost as they used right. to. Um, but their roster is good. So we'll put them eight, and then the team that we're flip-flopping them with. Um, we'll put them I'm nine. Not, this oh, nine, yeah. yeah. I'm not even going to talk about this eighth team. I'm going to hand it over to Tyler for a few minutes. That's so um, I, I became a New York Mets fan last year. So no, but uh, in all seriousness, I I think Noah can attest to this. I say this all the time before I talk about the Mets because I don't want to just sound like some, you know, we made the wild card in 2016, World Series 2015. We've been injured since. We're going to go on a run. I'm not one of those fans who gets overly optimistic. I try to be positive just because I don't want to go into a baseball season with low expectations. That's not fun for myself, for any Mets fans. I think this Mets team is pretty solid uh, considering what Brody Van Wagenen, you know, the kind of general manager he is, the kind of ownership the Mets have. Haven't done a ton. You know, they have Jake Marisnik was one of their additions in the outfield. He'll help play defense. Um at least we have a center fielder who's uh, injured, who's not injured, unlike Aaron Hicks or uh, Giancarlo Stanton or He's Aaron Judge. Field. That was just funny. You're I meant to say outfielder. It's like you're but... trying to make a compelling case about the Mets and you bring in Jake, yeah. Jake Morris. Well, I, I have to bring, have to bring in the uh, the notable acquisitions. So we have him. You know, you have Michael Walker, you have Rick Porcel. These aren't guys. Spencer Davis on the team? No, nah, he's he's about, he's, uh, he's might be on the taxi squad. What about Keon Broxton? Keon Broxton. Now he, he, he got, Brody traded assets. He talked. He talked smack. Keon Broxton talked smack when he wasn't playing enough. Then we sent him to uh, Baltimore. I remember. And I think he like a home runner. Take that, Keon. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to the Orioles. When Brody Van Wagenen is dissing you, that's when you have a problem. But anyway, this Mets team didn't do a ton to. They're not going to drastically improve their win total from previous seasons. Like this isn't a team that's going to go from 86 wins to 100 wins in a 162 game season. But I think they have a very solid core around them. Having Syndergaard hurt, uh, say what you want about him, he's been like a four ERA pitcher in the past few years. But that's going to hurt a lot because I was saying to Noah before, and I was saying on the podcast, you go from the Grom. Stroman, Syndergaard is your one, two, three to the Grom, Stroman, and then it could be a Rick Porcello, it could be a Steven Matz, which isn't very deep because none of these guys have been very good recently. But that offense, I think, is really good. I think it's definitely a top five, the to top ten offense in the National League. You know, you have guys like Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonso, probably baseball. Yeah, I, think I mean, National League. I mean, the- I don't want to get too ahead of myself. I think top five of the National League is fair. Top ten in baseball, you can make a case for. Um, this bullpen, we have no idea what the hell the bullpen is going to be like. You know, Jerry's familiar has lost 900 pounds this offseason. He looks like a bathing suit model. Edwin Diaz, you know, everyone's going to say, you know, Carlos Beltran was saying he's got Edwin Diaz fixed. Carlos Beltran got the hell out of there in a Bro, month. That's an underrated storyline. <laughs> that's why I didn't bring it up. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. This oh season's God. been so crazy. Carlos Beltran was a Met manager. But, that's about um, four different managers, according to Andy Bergeron. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think the Mets are going to be a team you got to watch out for. They traditionally start pretty hot and then cool off pretty hard till the summer. But if this is a team that can start off hot like they normally do and continue on, I think there's a lot to look forward to. Like I said, offense is going to be very strong. It's a matter of the rotation and bullpen can carry its weight. Going to number seven. Wait, hold on. One time. There's no June this year. There's no baseball. June this year. That's, That's what I'm saying. It starts in July. Yeah. July and August are the Mets' best 
uh, time of the year. So I think if history repeats itself, we're going to have a very good Mets team in the 60 game 53 season. 53 and seven. <laughs> Could you imagine like a 58 and two season? Cespedes wins the MVP. And then he gets swept in three games. <laughs> That's not good. Nah, as long as we play the club, if we play the Cubs in the first round, we'll sweep them again. We'll take the Dodgers. It doesn't matter. But we're going to stay in the division for the number seven spot. We have the Atlanta Braves. A little disappointing what the Braves did last year in the NLDS. Not for me as a Mets fan, but I think the Braves had a pretty solid squad. They had a year of Donaldson, you know, Acuna, Ozzie Albies. You know, these guys really started to emerge and become young stars, but they didn't really play as well as we thought they would. They got smacked by the Cardinals in that game five. But the Braves roster, if you look at it, the past few years, they've been very strong. You can't forget about Freddie Freeman. Uh, I think this is a very solid team, and it annoys me that the Mets are going to have to play them for what? I guess it's... 10 games. 10 games this yeah. season, which is doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a sixth of your season is playing 16% one of these good of the teams. Season, I think. Good yeah. math. That's a Sapphire program student. But <laughs> I think the Braves are a very solid team. Nothing too much to talk about. The roster hasn't drastically changed. I know they've made some bullpen additions, but no what to say about the Braves. Uh, as, as he checks his calculator to make sure his math is on. Sure it was right. It was right. Um, Atlanta's good. I put them seven. That's exactly where you had them, too, I think. Uh, we don't really know how – like, when you reach and you take those four teams in the NL East – I think anybody will say a different team is going to win the division, yep. or they would have before the season. I've heard the Mets win the division. I've heard the Mets finish fourth, fourth in the division. Yeah, so Same like, thing with any team. It's hard to really differentiate them that much, but the Braves have won the division the last two years. Uh, they didn't really lose anybody. They added Will Smith, right? And they had him? Yep. Yeah, the Giants closer. I, I, I said they added new guys. I forgot the yeah. uh, bullpen piece they added, but Will Smith, yep. And that was one of their biggest needs. They've got a pretty good bullpen now. Shane Green's there. Mark Melanson's there. Remember that Mark weird Melanson. video Mark, Mark Melanson made before game yeah. five? I don't, I don't, like, Mark we Melanson, need your energy. Mark was, Melanson was good with the uh, – where was he? He was with the Nationals, I remember, at one point. Where was he before? He was with the he's Giants. He was really good. Yankees. Yeah. He was a Yankee. Was he a Yankee? Yeah, Honestly, right, I right when that. I became a fan. It was like 2008. Uh, I mean, that was a long, long that was, time That was one of the years the Mets collapsed in the Phillies in the division. But keep going about the Braves. Um, good team. We're just going to put them seven. There's not much else to say about them. Yeah. They're going to make the playoffs. We know that. Yep. It just depends, you know, are their pitchers – do their pitchers not have coronavirus <laughs> really in <laughs> October? Like if, yeah. if Mike Soroka and Mike Fultonevich and those guys are pitching in October and their hitters are healthy – Freddie Freeman's going to hit 800 yeah, during the season. Yeah, I mean, there's – and then go completely silent in the postseason yeah. again. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, number six, I'm not going to talk too much about them. Just like, uh, you know, I'm talking more of the NL East teams. Obviously, no one's going to take the AL East teams. We have the New York no, – we have the uh, Tampa Bay Rays at number six. This is a team I really like, and I think a lot of these more hardcore baseball fans, if you realize that Tampa Bay, you know, the Trop is a terrible place to play, but the team that plays there is actually very good. The Rays have some pretty good young players. The way they're building is really cool. Slimmer to the A's. They don't spend a lot of money. They make some solid moves. They have good prospects. You have your Tyler Glass now, who so you get by giving up Chris Archer. I mean, however the hell that oh, works. Yeah, Joe Puchek, uh, a friend of ours, is Shout a big Pirates Puchek. fan, and he was talking about that trade the other day, and he was not. Was he, not was he one of those guys who thought that Chris Archer was going to be a game changer for them, though, or no? I, I, I don't know if he thought he was going to be a game changer, but I thought he, he, he at least thought he'd be healthy, yeah. you know, or at least some, be able to make some kind of impact. All he is is just a pain. But. Regardless, Tyler Glass is one of those big pieces. They made a trade. It was they sent Tommy Pham to San Diego. Who did they get in return for that? They got no. a they got a prospect lead, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah, they did. Um, we should know this. Xavier Edwards. Yeah, right. That was one of them, and I think a reliever too. Yeah, I know they did the Emilio Pagan trade with the Padres too. I think that was separately. Oh, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Hunter Renfro. That was, that was, I was thinking of the. Outfielder. That was a weird trade. That was intense. It was like I, I guess the Padres. Get help, Tommy Famous solid player. I well, guess the Rays get help, but yeah, yeah, like Renfro's not very good. He's yeah. okay. I guess Tampa just wanted somebody who's a little bit cheaper, and they got a prospect out of it. It's just getting ahead of. Things. I trust what the Rays are doing down there, but if yeah, you're talking those personnel, guys, those guys know what they're doing. I'm not yeah. one to criticize them, but they're a really good team. They scare me. Um, 
a lot more than Boston does uh, this year, at least, because they've got three pitchers who could be the best pitcher on a lot of stats with Blake Snell, Glass now, and Charlie Morton. And then they've got some other guys, too, that nobody really knows about. Yanni Torinos, you heard of him? They know the name. Brian, Brian Yarbrough. Like, these guys are pretty no good. That is. Pretty who's, the, who's the redheaded dude? He was on MLB Network last year, I remember. He's got, like, blonde hair. I think he's a reliever or something. Brian Stanek? Yeah, probably. He's not. on the Marlins now. Is he? No. Uh, regardless, keep going. He was, he was the race closer. He's oh, one yeah. of their 10-opener closer pitchers. Yeah. They, all, they, they breed them down there. Yeah. Um, but they've just got a lot of arms. They've got a lot of bullpen arms, too. They've got Chaz Rose, throws the sliders on the right side. It's pretty nasty. And Diego Castillo throws 100. Jose Alvarado is really good uh, left-handed sinker baller. They've got arms in that bullpen that scare you. And, you know, with the pitching depth that they have, and they have enough offense to kind of piece together wins, I think they're going to be able to start kind of like how they started last season. I think the Yankees and Rays were tied after 60 games last year. Or they were really close, I know, at the end of May. And um, that could be a pain for the Yankees this year, and um, they're going to be a tough team. I, if I had to put a number on Tampa in 60 games, I'd probably say 37-23, something like that, which is, you know, 14 games over 500. That's nothing to, nothing to sneeze at. They're going to be a tough team. They're really good. They're well-managed with Kevin Cash, and they're resourceful, and uh, they do what they have to do to compete in the end of the day. Now, I don't really see them winning a championship just because – I mean, I just, really, just a Tampa Bay Rays championship. I just just doesn't sound it. like it. I, so, no, I, I like the team a lot. I think they're fun to watch. A good young team. You know, they have some cool pieces, like you were saying before. I just, when I think of like a title, especially in a sixty-game season, I just don't know if the Rays could do it. But then again, we don't. No one knows what a sixty-game season is yeah. going to play like. For all we know, teams like the Yankees, Dodgers, Astros can get off the slow starts, and then teams like the A's, the Bra- or like the A's, you know, the Rays, they can have an opportunity to step in. But they don't really scream championship contender to me. But as we get into our number five spot, I think any of these teams can kind of sneak around it. Number five might be a little bit of an interesting choice here because you would think we have to give respect to the Washington Nationals, who we have at our number five spot. You know, they won the World Series last year. Awesome run for them. Regardless of who you affiliate with, whoever you're a fan of, it's a great run by the Nationals. They kind of just rode out. They were a team of destiny. We have them at number five, and we pretty much have them there just because if you look at them in a vacuum and you look at just their roster, they're definitely not one of the four best teams in baseball and maybe a team like the Rays and Braves are better, but they have to respect the champs. Max Scherzer's not going anywhere. Patrick Corbin had some huge performances for them. Steven Strasburg, they inked to a seven-year deal. I believe it was. We talked about that a while ago. Pitching staff's going to be there. No idea what's going on in their bullpen. They've made, I think they made a couple moves to help out there a little bit. I forget uh, one of the guys they signed, but um, their offense is what concerns me because Anthony Rendon and Juan Soto were the two centerpieces of that offense. And you move Anthony Rendon out of there, and you're replacing him with the guy in Carter Keeve, whom I've talked about this before, where he's assuming the role of Anthony Rendon, put up MVP numbers last year and has been for a while. He has to step in there. Around the diamond, you have Trey Turner, probably like Howie Kendrick or Azrubal Cabrera playing second. First base is Ryan Zimmerman on his 9,000th year. Eric Thames, they brought him in. Yeah, Eric Thames and Ryan Zimmerman will be platooning over there probably. I can't imagine Zimmerman's going to play much. Zimmerman might not play. Is that, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he said he's still not sure if he's going to play or not. I mean, not that he really was going to make much of an impact anyway. He, he's The only reason he's playing is because they just won a World Series. He said he's playing for the Nationals or he's going to be golfing for the rest of his life. So it's one or the Amen. other. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mr. National won a World Series. I think he's in the same draft class as David Wright. He was always a classy guy. Never mind playing against him. Two guys I, that always make the podcast, David Wright and Carter Keeboom. <laughs> so we talk about them like every episode. Carter Keeboom is important, though. He's going to be a big piece of that lineup. Uh, the rest of the outfield, you know, you have uh, – you have your Juan Sotos. You have your Victor Robles. Um, is what's his face? Eaton. Uh, Adam Eaton, who they trade an arm and a leg for, but I guess it worked out. They won a championship. 
Um, what's the one guy's name? Taylor. Michael Taylor. Michael Taylor. Name? He's been what, there forever. He's like a 190 hitter Nashville. who plays okay yeah. defense. He's like the longest tenured fourth outfielder since Juan Lagares. Yeah. Well, um, and Juan Lagares has finally made his way. Wait, where is Juan Lagares now? Where did he go? St. Korea too. I don't know. I they all went to Korea. We might have to do a Juan Lagares special episode. next episode. Can I think I think next one? episode we could yeah, probably guys, get Juan Lagares on guys, at this point. Uh, DM us if you want Juan Lagares on the yeah. podcast. I, th- I think getting Robert Pimpsner at this point was a bigger get for us than getting Juan Lagares, but I'll keep going. Uh, nothing too much to say about the Nationals. Bullpen troubles, probably. You know, last year that bullpen was horrendous. The only reason they really won that World Series is because they could count on guys like Corbin coming out of the bullpen. Uh, they're an interesting team, though, because they won the World Series last year. Those guys, uh, they're backing Davey Martinez. He was a good manager. He finally found his way to a winning season after kind of struggling with the Nationals for a while. We don't know what's going to happen, but regardless, the Nationals will be there. Got to respect the champs. Number four, I'll turn over to Noah because he loves watching his New York Yankees beat up on these guys. It's none other than the Minnesota Twins. Why don't you talk about them? Uh, just a group of guys that can mash over a regular season and then spit the bit in the postseason. Uh, that's how I always see the Minnesota Twins. But um, they're deserving number four. They signed Josh Donaldson, um, who's Tyler's guy, the bringer of rain. Uh, Eddie Rosario's there. Max Kepler's there. Marwin Gonzalez is there. It's probably a weird one to say before Nelson Cruz, but – Miguel Sano's there too. It uh, doesn't matter what Nelson, where he's playing, how old he is. He's, he's always going to hit at least 30, 40 home yeah, runs, 40 100 RBIs. Yeah, he's, he's the model of consistency. He won an SB too for um, something that he did off the field that was a good thing. Yeah, I, I know he's it. a good person. Uh, he did something well. We should have known that. But yeah. uh, nonetheless, they've got a lot of really, really good hitters, and they signed some pitching depth over the offseason. They have had some, they've had enough pitching to get by over 162 and win 100 games in a bad division. Over 60 games, this might be the number one seed. Yep. Like, this might be a 50 and 10 team. They can and score seven, eight runs a game. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they easily season. could be a fifth. They're, they're just like the Angels on steroids. Yeah. Uh, that's really what it's the Twins very, are. Yeah. Just a way better offense for sure. Yeah, and it's just like one to nine, they're just going to wear you out. And even when the Yankees played them in the postseason, like, we beat them, but every at bat was uncomfortable. Like, they had two guys on almost every inning. Yep. They just couldn't get big hits. But over the reg- course of the regular season, they get bad pitching staffs, and they're going to face. Think about it. They're going to face Detroit 10 times. They're going to face Kansas City 10 times. They're going to face the White Sox 10 times. And then they're going to face Milwaukee, who's not really a great pitching staff. They're going to face Pittsburgh. Like, they're going to face a lot of bad pitching. Yep. And that lineup over 60 but games. Even when they're facing, to... I guess it would be the Cubs and the Cardinals. That's not like it's It's not like you're facing the Rays or the Yankees. No, like the best pitcher they're going to face is Jack Flaherty this right. year. Yeah. And like, he's or, a very good pitcher, or, but he's not. Clevenger or Beaver. A team, a team like guys. the Twins, they're not going to be afraid of a guy like Jack Flaherty who's been in the league a couple years and has kind of just made himself a name. But um, I mean, Flaherty's going to have to go through nine guys who had 25 home runs last year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty much what that lineup is. Um, and you know they'll be ready to play. Baldelli's a good manager. I like him. Uh, they're they're built for a short season. They're built for a long season. I thought they'd be – actually, I think they I think they had the pencil in as the number one seed before the season started just because I thought they'd win, you know, 100, 105 games in that division and just mash their way to wins uh, like they did last year. And, um, you know, I like them. I actually give them a higher chance of winning a World Series this year than I would in a normal season, just because maybe the momentum of a short season yeah. could kind of, like, make them think it. Mm-hmm. And the Yankee Stadium crowd might not be there to stop yeah. them. Like, there's, there's certain things like that. Like, I could actually see them winning a World Series this year. Uh, so we'll put them number four. Number three, we got Houston. No more uh, trash can jokes, corny jokes. But <laughs> they're number three. Um, I'll let you take most of it, but... I'm just going to say that they got a huge monkey off their back not having to play in front of fans this year, and they were like the topic of discussion every day before coronavirus hit. Um, I feel like every podcast we were talking about it. That's why I said I want to beat a dead horse. I've I've said that more than I've said Carter Keeboom on this podcast, I think, just because it was the big thing to talk about. But I think 
without fans and, you know, the media pressure, sure, there's going to, there's going to be some form of media in the stadiums, but it's not going to be cameras pointed at it. You're not going to have, you know, 30, 40 reporters with the microphone next to Bregman after the game. That's a huge monkey off the back, like you said before. But if you go around the diamond and you look at the pitching staff, this is still a very, very well put together ball, uh, ball team. Excuse me. You have Alex Bregman, you know, MVP type numbers. You have Carlos Correa. When he's healthy, he always plays well. Altuve really kicked it up in the second half of last season. You have Yuli Gurriel, who's a great hitter. Yuli Gurriel. You have in the outfield, you have George Springer. You have guys like Josh Reddick. Um, Michael, is Michael Brandt? He's still in our contract, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Really who's, that guy can mash too. also. So, I mean. Jordan Alvarez, you say. Who catches? Martin Maldonado Mal- was there. He's, he's, yeah, he's pretty good, too. You're, one, you're, one through eight, you're one through eight can hit. That's really all you can ask for. And yeah. then pitching staff. You lose at Derek Cole. That's huge. I think he had a better season than Verlander last year. I know Verlander. Did end up winning the Cy Young, but so you have Ver, uh, Verlander, Granke. Is Lance McCullers healthy this season? Is yeah, he playing? Yes. Lance McCullers is a big get for them because he was very solid for them before he got Tommy John surgery. Bullpen's still there. Asuna, Presley, those guys can yep. still pitch. And those guys are, aren't cheating. The, we, know, we know that these hitters had some help, but even, even these guys who were cheating, these are still very good baseball players. I mean, even they're good in the field. They can hit well. And like Noah said before, without fans, without the media pressure, they're going to be able to just kind of focus and play. They know if they get hit by a pitch, they're not going to get into a fight with anybody. The distraction is going to be completely minimized. So it's hard to put the Astros at number three just because of how crummy whatever they did was. But you got to look at the roster. We have to be objective here, not let our feelings get in the way and realize that the Astros are one of the best teams in baseball, regardless of the amount of games we're playing. Nothing much to say about them. We'll go into our number two spot, which like with a lot of these teams, you can really flip-flop them. At number two, this is going to make Noah happy. We have the Los Angeles Dodgers. This was Tyler, by the way. I said you could put the Dodgers one. He said that now is fair. the Yankees. I, I think the Yankees just strike you as a number one team. The Dodgers acquired Mookie Betts, acquired David Price. You know, for a while we thought Mookie Betts wasn't going to play a single game in the Dodger uniform. David Price, you know, he had his storybook postseason run with the Red Sox where he was never good in the postseason. He finally pitched well in that World Series that won in 2018. But pretty solid get for them. He replaces, I guess, Hyunjin Ryu, who left the Dodgers. Kind of similar numbers. I know Hyunjin Ryu was really good with the Dodgers. I think but Price could be just as good as them for them. Uh, if he's on, for sure. Um, but similar to the Astros, besides the whole cheating thing, this is just a well together, well put together ball club. You know, we have t- guys we talked about like Gavin Lux, who are going to pro- play this year. They're going to perform really well. You know, you were Justin Turner's Corey Seager a year after his Tommy John surgery. He took a while to get started. The Dodgers just have these guys that can hit, they can play. They're professional baseball players. And there's nothing too much to say about them unless you have anything else to say. Obviously, Mookie Betts is the big name we're going to talk about. But No, the best team in the National League. Uh, probably the most well-rounded team in baseball. I mean, just one through nine lineup and just their entire rotation. Probably a little bit deeper than the Yankees. Maybe not as many stars, but they mean close to it. It guys like Max Muncy yeah, with 25 Muncy is a great like, player, yeah. too. We didn't even touch on him. And Bellinger obviously winning MVP. Uh, they're just a really, really good team. They would have been my pick to represent the National League in a normal season. Um, that, that's not really going out on a limb, but that's just the team that they have. Um, and it's the same thing now. I mean, I don't think 60 games going to change anything for them. They usually start pretty well. Um, they've got a good manager in Dave Roberts. We know what he's done in the postseason. Um, but he's going to be able to lead them through a 60-game season, and they've had adversity in the past. Uh, you don't really worry about that with them. And uh, they've just got a lot of talent. They've got guys in their farm system they can bring up. They've got a lot of arms on that kind of shuttle that they were talking about with the Gonsolin's one. Um, I don't forget. I'm blanking on a couple of them. But they've just got a lot of – I mean, Ross Stripling, I think, is still there. I don't think that trade with the Angels went through. They've just got a lot of depth and a lot of talent. So we'll put them two. 
Number one is the New York Yankees. Thank you for listening to our power rankings. We're going to go into questions now. <laughs> just messing. <laughs> I was, like, oh, I was oh, going to say, I'll say no Yankee talk. But no, I don't, I don't even need to go into it, it too much. I don't none of these three the teams really need Everybody knows who the Yankees have. Um, they've got the second best pitcher in baseball. There you go, buddy. Thank you. Uh, second best I'll pitcher take, in baseball. If you take a ring, but I get to have the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, that's it. actually, I'll take No expectations for the Mets anyway. So James Paxton's really good. He's healthy now. I thought you said James Patterson. Oh, yeah. Patterson's good, too, if he's listening. He's no James Paxton, though. The one through nine offense, they they should be healthy now. You know, probably for two weeks, and then they'll get hurt again. But you know, at least we'll have those two weeks, and hopefully, as long as they don't get coronavirus, you know, the week before the playoffs start, I'll take the Yankees up against anybody. Uh, just one through twenty-five, feel really good about that. We're one through thirty now. We're doing thirty, then twenty-eight, then twenty-six. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, Aaron Boone, trust him. Uh, you know, he's got the right personality to lead a team in kind of a crisis season. But give, let me ask you something as a Yankee fan. Can't you see a huge media outburst because Gary Sanchez accidentally shares gloves with Aaron Judge or something <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that? And the media gonna, just swarms Gary him. Sanchez is going to do something so minor against the rules. Against he, he's he's, he's, he's going he's gonna to step out of the box, get a sign from the third base coach, and like spit on the ground, yeah. and then the Yankees are going to attack gonna him. pull him off the field. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, nah, like, like Noah said, there's nothing too much to talk about the Yankees. Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, these are teams – they're just built to win. They're built to win a World Series. And just got to go do it. Do you think right. – let me ask you real quick before we stop as we're approaching our 30-minute mark on this segment. Do you think that the Yankees – is this tougher for a 60-game season because this is a team built for 162 games. This is a team just get to the playoffs and win. Does it bother you this is a 60-game season, or do you like how they're cutting down on some of the time that the Yankees would probably spend just cruising through teams anyway? How do you feel about that as a Yankee fan? I don't know, man. I th- I feel like it's kind of the same. Yeah. I mean, we, I think cutting down on that. Time, we know though, what team we have. Yeah. As long as they are able just to showcase that in sixty games, it's a hundred two games less for Judge and those guys to get hurt. Yeah, for real. I mean, like the Yankees were like forty one and nineteen through sixty games in twenty eighteen. I think thirty seven and twenty three last year. Yep. The Yankees' worst stretch of games was the thirty seven and twenty three of sixty games. So we kind of know what we have there. We sh- as long as we're a top three team in the American League. And going into the postseason healthy, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. Those were our top 10 best teams headed into the MLB season. A couple teams we didn't really talk about too much that could make some type of noise. We don't know. It's 60-game season. You know, we got the Reds, the White Sox, those kind of teams. You never know what they're going to do. Baseball is going to be really interesting. We're excited to see it play out. We're going to move into some listener questions right now. So let's get to that. First question is from one of our longtime listeners, good friend of ours, Nittany Brian, Brian Muller. Basically, he asks which teams are going to benefit from the 60-game season based on, you know, the roster restrictions and all that stuff. Me and Noah answered this a little bit, so we'll only touch on it quickly. Uh, We'll try to be brief with our answers. But teams like the Angels, you know, teams like the Twins, any of these teams that can really just mash and kind of mash their way through 60 games, as long as they get to a hot start, it'll be good. I think a team like the Reds, we didn't talk about too much. They are a team that has that boomer bust potential because guys like Nick Castellanos, guys like Nick Senzel, you know, you have uh, Eugenio Suarez – uh, I, I can't pronounce the one guy's name. They're outfielder. The guy mashes. Um, Aristides yeah, Kino. Yeah, I know exactly who he is. I can't pronounce his name. But, the Punisher. Uh, is that yeah, very good team out there. I think that's a team. But me and Noah said before, either teams that can match the right through 60 games or a team that is just going to pitch consistently. You know, a team like the Braves, a team like the Nationals that are going to throw out three or four good starters for most of the week. Those are the teams that are most likely going to succeed. If you have any other surprise picks to throw in there, go for it. Now. No, not like yours. Yeah, I so I, uh, I kind of talked too much over no. I'll let him take most of the next question, but Brian, thank you for the question. We're going to move into the next well, one. Well, I'll do this one because it's Yankees related. I'll try to take those types of questions. This one's from Tom Smith asking for the Yankees team leader and homers. In a I short thought you season. said Tyler Smith. I was like, nah, I didn't ask too many questions. If you, I feel like probably like 
at least like five percent of Americans have T Smith as yeah as probably probably. Um, but this is from Tom Smith, team leader and homers for the New York Yankees this year. This is on the spot. Um, I'm going to say Gary Sanchez. Is that is that crazy? It's not crazy. It's interesting because I think he's going to DH a lot yeah. if he's not catching, mm-hmm. and I think that. You know, he usually starts season well, and then he'll, like, fade out in the midsummer when he's been playing for 80 games, and it's, like, really, really, like, deep into a season. And he gets very sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he'll strain his groin or something. So I'm just going to say Gary Sanchez just because I think it's a little different to saying Aaron Judge, like always. Or ben Stanton's also been hurt, too, so I, I don't really want to pick either of those guys. So we'll go with Sanchez. Next question is from Chris Angler from Twitter. He asks... Is it possible with the shortened season for the Mets to cause as much disappointment as they usually do in a full season? To answer that question, regardless of where, when, how, who the Mets are playing, they can always disappoint. There is no restriction on Mets disappointment. So, Angler, I know you're kind of just messing with me, but at the same time you're being serious. That's a very valid question if we're being perfectly honest. Trust me, the Mets can disappoint no matter what. I mean, they disappointed us in December when their manager they just hired, you know, a franchise favorite of ours was fired like less than a month later after being hired. That was a disappointment. That was within a span of what, three weeks to a month? Imagine 60 games, plenty of time. <laughs> Trust me, they can disappoint. So uh, we're going to move into our next question. Angler, thanks for asking. Uh, this is from Ariel. Make a prediction of a mediocre garbage team who will make the playoffs in the shortened format. And that's also a question we have from Christian Cat over from uh, Penn State from the Lion uh, the radio station. Cat, thanks for asking. Similar questions, so we'll both we'll take out both of these at the same time. We'll each, Noah. We'll each do one. Yeah. Uh, so mine's going to be the Texas Rangers. How about that one? I like it. I don't want to pick the Angels. I think they're good yeah. enough. So I'm going to say Texas just because I was just looking. I was talking about how the Angels could beat up on Texas, but then I kind of remembered that they got Kluber. They have Kluber. They have Lance Lynn. They have Mike Miner. Three decent enough starters. Kind of fits the mold of what we're talking about of having just enough starters not to embarrass you on some given nights. And they've got some hitting. I mean, like, Joey Gallo was, like, was kind of on an MVP type. He was playing at that kind of level for, like, six weeks last year. What if he just has, like, 60 games where he's just like that again? Right. And he wins them five extra games playing like that. And then they get, you know, a surprise guy. Like, a Nick Solak comes out and hits well. Or Danny Santana replicates last year. They've got just a bunch of kind of random guys. Um, and if there's 16 teams and there's just going to be one from each league that's a random team that makes it, I don't think it's going to be like Baltimore and Toronto. Like I know a lot of people like saying those two teams are not like if people always argue like oh well, Orioles could get in the playoffs like no they couldn't like we know we know technically the Marlins could too they're not, not going to get in yeah. the playoffs. I'm not going to pick like the Royals the Tigers either. So if I'm going to go with American League team, are you going to go with a National League team? Or are you going? I'm going to go. League? I'm going to I'm going to talk about a National and American League. So All I'm right. So yeah, for American League, I'm going Texas. Yeah, a National League team. I would go with the Reds. I talked about them before. They're in a weird group of teams that I think the 60 game season is really fun. Because of the fact that this group of teams, like I've saying the Chicago White Sox and the Cincinnati Reds, they're teams that have improved a lot. I still don't think the White Sox are a playoff team or a division contender, a wild card contender, but I think they've had a lot of good pieces and they're going to improve. I think Cat asks about a shit team. I don't think a team that's I don't think a shitty team is going to be in the playoffs. Like when I think of like the shit teams, it's the Royals, it's the Tigers, it's the Marlins, it's the Orioles. Mm-hmm. I don't think one of those teams is going to get into yeah, yeah. going with your point, but I think like a mediocre to average team. In this 60-game season, I could see the Reds just because, for the reason I said, answering a previous question, I like that team a lot. What about and Arizona? They're mediocre. They're, they're shitty. They're, 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 I think they're I think they're pretty solid. That's a team that could also sneak in there, too. Obviously, Madison Bumgarner, Cattell Marte, Starling Marte now. Mm-hmm. They have some pieces out there. That's another good team I didn't even think about. Philly, maybe. I mean, we're, yeah. we're looking at them shitty. I wouldn't say they're mediocre shit, yeah. like a little bit, and you, you, know, you wanted to put them almost in yeah. the top There's 10. There's a group of 80 to 85-win teams that could all sneak in there. You know, Like you said, the Phillies, now the Diamondbacks. 
I think the White Sox at best could be like an 84, 85 win team. I think all the pieces have to click there. Well, obviously, yeah, in 60 games. Yeah, red similar. I'm, I'm saying I'm basing yeah, it off on the yeah, If you win 80, if you win 80 plus games in yeah, a 60 game season, I saw a tweet. A tweet really... Somebody's like, uh, over. It was a tweet back from March. Like over under for the Cardinals is 83 and a half. And somebody said, yeah, it's like no it's under. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a hard question to answer, Kat, just because I don't think a shit team's going to make it. But I'd say my teams, my mediocre to average teams to look out for, I would say the White Sox, the Reds, and the Diamondbacks. Noah, great job bringing up the Diamondbacks. Um, so that's our question from Kat and Ariel. Thank you for that. You have uh, two more right now? Yeah, I think we got at least two. I think we got a good amount. And we have a special one at the end that I'll handle. But no, oh, we do. Okay. Uh, we got one from David Williamson on uh, what's basement convos. I'm supposed to do a Giants interview with him uh, hopefully pretty soon. David, shout out to you. He asks, should the MLB uh, be awarding – Wait, did you just say I should, should be MLB? Well, David said it in the DM. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Now, now you're throwing David under the bus. Peter McGrath's not going to be happy. Peter about McGrath's going to fight David Williamson for yeah. that now. I'd love, I'd love to watch Peter try to fight David. But if David would just take his, <laughs> stop. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that for another episode. Yeah. <laughs> an episode that we won't publish. Uh, should the MLB be awarding individual awards this year? That's a good question, actually. It's a it is. I didn't think about it. <sighs> wow, <laughs> Dave, Dave, come on and talk baseball yeah, sometimes. You're thinking like that all the time, shit. Um, no, I don't think so either. To no. be honest with you, I don't want Derek. Derek Dietrich had like a nine thousand OPS or nine. Could you imagine OPS. a Derek Dietrich? Yeah, through sixty games last year yeah. at one point. So like, or, no. or like a Rick Porcello, uh, twenty sixteen esque season. I mean, that's pretty much how he won it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, very good question. Sixty games. I think besides the top dogs, you know, your Trouts, your Rendones, your Bellingers, whatever, your judges, those guys are gonna. I said top dogs. I know. I, that's I why I didn't judges. say, <laughs> but um. <laughs> Not, besides those guys, yeah, you're Aaron Judges. I'm just totally messing with you. I love you, Aaron. Besides those guys, um, it's really hard to tell. You know, you would have a guy who could ride out like a 20, 30 game hitting streak to start off the season, and then he could that could be those could be MVP type numbers. Think of Jackie Bradley Jr.'s 20, 30 game hit streak. You're not going to tell me he wasn't. Jack one of the, Lucas is salivating. Think about that. This podcast right now. If if we're basically Jackie Bradley, <laughs> his that stretch would be half of this season. If you think about it like that, I mean, a guy who's on a thirty-game history. Imagine a guy has a thirty-game history. It's entirely possible. That would be that would be a half the season history, technically. It's so entirely it's like, possible. How are you not going to give an MVP or you know how is a guy not going to win a Silver Slugger if he's on a half-season game history? I think it's weird like that. Uh, pitcher wins are going to be weird as well because you know batting averages when you get to the hundred, hundred twenty game uh, that part of the season they kind of start to even out. But a pitcher, we don't know how pitcher wins are going to work. I mean, DeGrom's been the best pitcher in the league the past two years. The dude has probably had, like, 20 wins in the last two seasons. So, I don't know. It's going to be really weird. That's actually a very good question. Noah and I didn't consider that possibility. But I think they're still going to do it anyway just because any extra attention the league can get, you know, especially in this time, no fans are at the ballpark. They're going to try to fit some type of award ceremony in there. I don't think it makes sense logistically, but – it's something I think is going to happen. It's a very good question. Yeah. Uh, if you have anything else to say, if not, let's go to the next one. No, question. I think you nailed it. Let's just go move on to this. This is from Cole Fortmuller. Uh, he's asking about the Cole versus Max Scherzer game. Is Garrett Cole Fortmuller or is this yeah, Cole? it's Cole Garrett asking Cole. about uh, – oh, Okay. No, is, not Garrett I thought Cole, it was Cole Fortmuller versus Max Scherzer. I was going to take <laughs> Cole, Scherzer. Cole Fortmuller versus Garrett Cole. Who would win? Well, at vets, Cole at vets Miller, and Garrett Cole's pitching against Cole, Cole Formula probably doesn't throw as hard, but I think his off speeds. Cole Formula's knuckleball looked really good. I'd compare that it to did. Garrett Cole's knuckle curves. It did. So. Yeah, it's, they're pretty close. We'll have to know. make that happen. We'll, we'll get in touch with Garrett Cole, but uh, <laughs> I actually forget. Was it? What was the question again? Was uh, it? How, uh, so it's a prediction for the game. So that's going to be the primetime game, July twenty third. It's probably going to be on ESPN. They're going to shove it down our throats, which they should. I'll take it. I'll be happily salivating at the TV watching it. 
Uh, so a lot Yank- of salivating this, uh, in this past couple minutes. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like a- that's up there with uh, Carter Keyboom now. Carter Keyboom. Carter Keyboom salivating and uh, dead horses. And then the, what's what else have we really talked? What we've talked Astros, about? obviously. Yeah, bang, um, trash can bangs. Trash can. For, I thought you weren't gonna do it. I said I said we got to stop. Well, doing I said we got to just air it all out that's now. Fair. We got to put it all out. That's fair. This this final this final couple minutes. You'll never hear this crazy. crazy stuff again. No way. Uh, predictions for the game. Uh, so how many innings, how many runs, and how many strikeouts for those guys each? So I'll take Cole, you take Scherzer. Uh, Cole, seven innings, three hits, one run on a solo home run by Juan Soto, nine strikeouts. I'm going to say Max Scherzer is going to go for like a six and two third type deal. I think similar to Garrett Cole. It'll be like a three-run performance where he gives up. You know, he walks a guy two-run home run, a solo shot by Aaron Judge in the fifth inning, whatever. I think he's going to strike out six or seven batters. I think. These pitchers are probably going to be a little more sharp just because, you know, I think pitchers might benefit from his off time more than hitters because hitters, you want to see live pitching. Pitchers, mm-hmm. yes, you want to see live batters, but a pitcher can go work on his curveball longer. You know, Scherzer for one knows developing some new type of pitch. Cole, same thing, whatever. I think these pitchers are going to be sharper than these hitters early on. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. We might see a ball or two hit over the fence, but I think both of these pitchers, as far as they're into their careers now, you know, Cole's not a veteran by any means, but he's been in the league long enough. These guys will be sharp. I think a very similar stat line, like a six, six and two thirds, two or three runs from Scherzer. He'll punch out his seven or eight batters. I think it's very similar. Uh, I'd expect a low scoring game, most likely. I don't think this is going to be a uh, a London series, Yankees, Red Sox, where the score is like 25 to 18, whatever the hell that was. Yeah, but, uh, that's such a joke. Now, yeah, regardless, baseball, it's a primetime game. Nationals, Yankees, two of our top five teams in baseball. That's going to be something we're really looking forward to July 23rd. So uh, anything else in that game? I'll say Yanks four. Let's score another run late in the game off the Nationals bullpen. Nats two. Yanks four, Nats two. I'm going to say a 3-2 or no, excuse me. I'm going to say a 4-3 win for the Nationals, and I think it's going to play out that the Nationals win on a walk-off in the 12th inning because it starts with the runner on second base. How about oh, that? and that would be bitching about, about it on Twitter right <laughs> yeah. afterwards. So. No, but in all seriousness, it, 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 it's hard to tell. If I were to pick, I would say the Yankees would win something 3-2, one of those 2-1 scores, but anything can happen. We'll see. Um, I think that's it for questions. Um, as far as do you want to answer Andy Bergeron? Nope. As far no. as we're concerned <laughs> with uh, Kyle Gibson, I know you asked me how many, or how am I going to perform for the Marston Cluckers next year? I'm going to win an MVP next year. I might win a triple crown. I'm also going to pitch. I'm going to be a two-way player. I'm going to go Shohei Otani style. Uh, I'm going to pitch to a 2-1 ERA. I'm going to hit 45 home runs, 120 RBIs, and the thing is, I'm going to miss 20 games, too, with an injury. I'm going to pull up with my lower back injury. I'm going to come back into the lineup. I think the Cluckers are going to make the playoffs this year. This is our uh, this is our MLB uh, – our friend Kyle Gibson over on the podcast. He is, has his simulated MLB season where he makes his own teams, his own players. Noah Broderick was a good pickup for them recently. 17 home runs. We're in a home run race, if I'm not mistaken. I think I might have the edge. You know, you were actually almost on the trading block. They almost – he texted me. You guys almost didn't agree to terms. Does that mean I wouldn't be in the group chat anymore? I guess so, but I, I know you want to stay with the Cluckers. Steve Bergman and Joe Puchek were recent additions. Uh, the Marstown Cluckers might have to do a special on them, but we appreciate all the questions. We've got a ton from you guys. First time back in a while. Uh, we really appreciate you guys sending in the questions as always. I'm pretty sure I say that in our stock outro, but I'm just going to make this Wait, our outro. Did you outro. have one from the radio station too? I did. That was the cat, Christian Oh, it was Christian. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was the one who asked the question from the radio station. So for everyone who asked questions besides Danny Bergeron, thank you very much. We appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, Danny Kevler, I know you asked why the MLB is poopy and has a shortened season. It just happens, man. You know, commissioner, um, commissioner, the players couldn't agree on anything. That's what's going to happen. Me and Noah, we're two big baseball guys. We're going to take baseball however we can get it, even if it's simulated MLB the show. Joking. That was terrible. Never liked watching the Mets do that. Excuse me. But as far as I'm concerned, I think we covered our basics uh, going heading into this 2020 season. 
Uh, if you want to lay out some of the stuff we're going to do before the season starts on July 23rd, you're more than welcome to start talking about that a little bit. Yeah, we're open to suggestions, too. We kind of want to just pump out content for you guys. I've had fun doing this. We haven't really sat down and done a podcast and talked baseball for over an hour in like four months, it feels like. Yeah. So it's been kind of refreshing for us. It's gone by really fast uh, just doing this. It's been a lot of fun. Um, we're, uh, we want to get into division previews, but we'll pretty much do it where it's going to be talking about the 10 teams that are going to be playing quote-unquote division games. So the AL and NL East, the AL and NL Central, and so we'll on. Pick our best matchup, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and um, once we have the exact playoff format down, if we know it's definitively going to be 16 teams and how that's going to work, and if teams are, you know, like they might be like choosing their opponent, or there might be buys, or there might be three games in this series, or five games in this series. I don't know how any of that stuff's going to work yet, because they haven't really come out with that detail and the exact schedule yet. Uh, so once we get all that information, we'll do episodes and segments on all that stuff. Um, we could do team previews, too, like specific, like, we obviously talk about the Yankees and Mets a lot, but that's because probably 80% of our audience are Yankees and Mets fans. Right. So if you want us to do a Yankees episode and a Mets episode, and that's something that we plan, on, plan doing. on doing for sure. Yeah, before yeah. coronavirus hit, we had, you know, some interviews with the Yankees guys lined up and, um, you know, Mets we're going to work on too. Uh, so if you guys want to see that, let us know. Uh, we'll probably do it anyway, but um, those two teams for sure we can do. And then during the season, obviously, we can do you – know, we'll recap the week. You know, we'll do our, our best performers, our best pitchers, all that stuff. We have plenty of fun stuff we're going to do during the season, but it's really that month buildup. We still have plenty to talk about. We're just excited that baseball's back. You know, for a while, me and Noah started this podcast totally just doing it for fun because we love spitballing back and forth, talking about baseball. We almost didn't have a season this year. Could you imagine? First year with our podcast, which is no I season. I didn't think there'd we, be we'd, one. we'd be going like MLB Network. Like we'd be doing movie reviews like the Bad News Bears that came out in 2005, whatever Shoot the hell me. it was. But uh, Shoot me we're just we're that. just so happy that baseball's back. Um, we're going to get spring training starting, I believe, early next week. If there's anything out of there, we'll be sure to talk about it. But expect us to at least be doing an episode or two each week, probably even more if, as long as there's stuff to talk about. But uh, thank you so much for sending us the questions. Like I said before, interact with us. I am at T Smith Sports. The account is at BATB Pod. Noah, you're at Noah Broderick 20. Uh, you're, you undeactivated. I guess you reactivated. Yeah, I didn't, de- I didn't deactivate. I, de- I deleted Twitter just because there's no, no real point in being on it and wasting time on it with no sports, I felt like. But I, de- I got it back within the last week or so, and I've been admittedly looking at it more and more. That's just what happens. Um, if I'm not on Twitter, Email is noahbroderick20 at gmail.com. I think most <laughs> what of is you guys, this, 2007? You I want know. to send emails to us? <laughs> I, th- I think you guys all have my number anyway, so um, if you have any questions, uh, you can text me those too. But uh, if you made it far in this episode, thank you for listening. You guys are awesome fans, and uh, great to have the season back, and we're looking forward to getting more stuff out for you guys soon. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We'll Peace see out. you next week, whenever the hell that is. Let's do it again.